All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, August 9th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we had a uh, three-game early slate already kick off. Good luck to all of you playing that early slate. We have a nine-game MLB main slate later today. And then we also have PGA teeing off early tomorrow morning. So should be a fun day of DFS here. Plenty of lineups to sweat, plenty of lineups to build. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, the show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can post your questions one of three. Three ways. One, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Two, you can post your questions live in the YouTube chat. And three, you can post your questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You also get access to all of our similar channels. See when lineups are released, see when players are scratched, see when Sims run for that updated news. Um, in the app, we have a last updated timestamp, but in the Discord, you get a little more detailed information as to what exactly was updated. Also get access to all of our individual sport channels. Um, members of the Saberson team and members of the community are in those channels each and every day, helping each other get better. There's a lot of sharp users in the community. So can't say get enough good things about the Discord. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, two questions in the YouTube chat. Looks like two questions in the office hours channel here so we are going to start with those but as always if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get those in so um real quick just gonna hit this one first snowman said uh asking about uh preseason football so we have the preseason slates in the app if you navigate over to nfl just the nfl drop down uh you're gonna see the preseason slates here so i have preseason week two uh Two-game preseason main slate over on FanDuel is, is the first slate that is populating here. So preseason slates are in the app. We are not providing projections for those. We are not simming those, um, but they are available if you, uh, you know, have outside projections, maybe like Run Pure's doing it or something like that. You can upload them into SaberSim and use the SaberSim Builder to build your lineups. So just a note there. And then one other thing is that on the – and. If you go to the build settings for NFL preseason, uh, the sim diversity slider is basically just going to be a randomness slider here. So the higher it is, the, the more randomness you're adding, and the lower it is, the less randomness you're adding. So just a couple of notes there. But going to jump over to the Office Hours channel, and then we will be back to the YouTube chat. So first question, Jay Sam Jr. said, how are the batters still projected with a high projection when they were going against a tough pitching matchup? So let's go over to our nine game MLB slate today. And then let's just kind of see what's going on here. Right. So I ran a couple builds earlier doing some testing, but let's just go with uh, the highest projected pitcher. Right. So we have Shohei Otani facing the San Francisco giants here. So then I'm going to jump over to batters. Uh, first thing I want to see is, you know, where is the first San Francisco batter? Right. And, and the first San Francisco batter is, is pretty pretty uh, far down in our batter list here. Wilmer Flores with a projection of 8.59. Our top projected hitter is Ronald Acuna with 11.7. So uh, I think that in general, you know, they're they not going to be the highest projected hitters here. But even if somebody has a tough matchup, you know, good good hitters are um, just as good as good pitchers, right? Uh, you kind of, kind of think of that uh, immovable object meeting an unstoppable force kind of like analogy here, right? Uh, just because, you know, a, a good pitcher does not mean they're going to mow down 
a good team, right? And um, even even sometimes good pitchers are, are going to be hit by uh, by less than your average team, right? We saw that with Spencer Strider, I believe, yesterday or the day before, giving up you know five runs very early on to the Pittsburgh Pirates, which the Pirates are not the best hitting team across the league here. So baseball is super random, uh, very high variance here. So a lot of things can happen on any given day. But um, I think on average, you know, you you are probably going to see something along the lines of what you're talking about, unless you know you have a uh, very good hitting team against the pitcher, right? Maybe maybe something like Zach Gallen against the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's pitching tonight. I, I think he might have pitched yesterday, but um, but that would be an example, right? A very good, strong hitting team. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. Uh, Will Smith, J.D. Martinez against, you know, Zach Gallen. So so two very strong opponents there uh, facing off. You never really know what's going to happen, right? So good question to get us started. Uh, next question here from Ryan. Ryan said, I have been late swapping MLB lineups when any players have been ruled out after lock. Thoughts on quick swap versus late swapping players after lock in MLB? Okay, really good question here. Um, so I, I definitely have some thoughts on this one. Um, one thing that I do want to think about when, when, when this happens, right? So basically what happens, you build your lineups, uh, lock hits, something happens, you know, player gets scratched, updated lineups, whatever it may be. Right. So I think that pitchers have a bigger impact than batters. So in general, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if I don't know who's, who's pitching Shohei Otani pitching for the angels and, and Shohei, you know, uh, they say, hey, Shohei has cramps before the slate and and, and he's not going to start, right? So that that probably has a much bigger effect on the slate simply because of his salary, right? 11300 is over 20% of, of the salary available here at 50000 So this salary can, can really change the context of a slate, right? So I think when you're using, when a pitcher gets scratched, I would do a full late swap. Um, I would make sure to do a full late swap just to take advantage of that, of that, uh, news and, and the dynamics there. And then secondly, like if, uh, you know, more often than not, that does not happen more often than not. It is a batter who is getting scratched here. Um, the way I like to think about this is that, you know, late swapping is never the wrong answer here, uh, because all you are doing is just taking advantage of the most updated news and using that to reconstruct your lineups, right? So if new Sims have run, whatever it may be, you're just taking that updated news and using it. So I, I'm never going to discourage anybody from late swapping here. But let's say that, you know, um, it's after lock. Maybe it's dinner time, right? Maybe like life stuff, uh, you know, you got the kids or, or whatever it is, right? Um, and, and, and you don't want to, you know, go back to your computer, late swap, you know, make any adjustments, uh, things like that. So I understand that. I totally do. Uh, when it comes to that situation, for me, it kind of depends how many shares of a player I have in my lineups, right? So let's say I'm building 150 lineups. Maybe I have Ronald Acuna in, in you know, 5% of my lineups, right? I have him in seven-ish lineups, something like that. I might just do a quick swap. I'll, I'll probably use best from the same team, and I will just be okay with that and, and upload it and, and be set, right? But maybe, you know, I have... 25% of Ronald Acuna. Well, now, you know, that's that's a really uh, much larger portion of my portfolio here that's going to be affected. I, I actually, you know, would probably 
make sure to late swap in that scenario just because it, it affects so much of my lineups, right? So don't really want to just quick swap in that scenario. So what I like to do is, okay, you know, I'll, I will use the red lightning bolt, see who is out, and then I will jump over to the entries tab and then see how much exposure I have to those players that are out and then make a determination about what I want to do, right? But but that's really just for time-saving purposes here. Um, that is never for thinking quick swap is better than late swap. Late swap will always be better. Uh, one other thing here is, um, you know, if you're in a time crunch, right, I would just do the quick swap. I would just do the quick swap, you know, best available, best from same team, whatever, whatever works, right? And then upload that to DraftKings and then come back to the app and then run a late swap. Um, just to make sure that, you know, whatever happens, if something goes wrong with your late swap, whether there's, you know, salary constrictions or, um, or, or some other rule or something preventing players from being swapped out of your lineups, at least you know that, hey, I got lineups in that, that had the out player out and I got players with projections into the, into the site, into my contest, right? So doing that quick swap and then coming back to the app and doing the late swap, it's probably the best order of operations here that I would recommend. All right. Good question there. Uh, jumping back to the YouTube chat. See people trickling in. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Um, we have just finished questions in the Office Hours channel. We are going to hit this question from Deshaun here. Looks like he has two questions. And then we will be out of questions. So if anybody has anything on their mind, chances are somebody else does too. So now is a great time to ask that question and help everybody out. All right. Deshaun said, hey, would it be best practice on large 20 max contests to adjust sliders to get more contrarian or use the mini need to get more contrarian in a large field 20 max contest. Second question, uh, would you consider it good practice if I wanted to change ownership by just looking at adjusted ownership, then setting the my ownership to what the adjusted ownership is? I hope I'm making sense with how I worded that one. Okay, so I'm uh, going to tackle this first one, the second question first here. Um, so basically he's saying, hey, um, you know, I see the Saberson ownership is 19%. Bronco Cunha's adjusted ownership is 25%. Should I just uh, should I just change the my ownership to the adjusted ownership? And the answer is no, you don't have to here. And the reason for that is because we are using adjusted ownership in the Saber score metric when 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 grading your lineups, right? So in the building process, we are not using ownership at all. We are only because you know we don't we don't need to use ownership. We used to have an ownership slider, we got rid of it because we were we decided that we were double counting. We were counting ownership as a slider and then counting it as a lineup grading metric here, but we've moved that just to Saber scores here. So if you go and look at the Saber score that you're using to, to grade your lineups, we are already using average adjusted adjusted ownership. Average adjusted ownership is a form of adjusted ownership here, which uh, takes the adjusted ownership of the lineup, looks at the lineup as a whole and then takes the average of that and then uses that as a variable for your Saber score formula there uh, can be a little hard to understand here. Um, if, if you guys are looking for more information on adjusted ownership, you guys can go to settings and then go to help here. Um, this will bring up our support library. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here. Apologies for that. Uh, but in our support library, if you go down to frequently asked questions, you go to view more. And then in the header bar, you type in adjusted ownership. 
And then what is adjusted ownership, right? And then this is a good video that Jordan did kind of explaining um, what adjusted ownership is, how it works, et cetera. So things like that. So this is a really good reference video if you guys are ever looking for a refresher on that specific topic. But getting back to the app here, um, where was I? So, so, so you don't need to change it. You know, we're already using adjusted ownership. But also, you know, if you were to adjust it here, right? If I go back to batters, I go to Ronald Acuna. Um, adjusted ownership is a formula that is using Saberson ownership as an input. So as I adjust the player ownership, the adjusted ownership is going to change for the player as well as the position as a whole here. And the best way we could see this is with a very big adjustment, right? So maybe I change my Saberson ownership. Uh, we'll actually just match, right? So it's 20 adjusted ownership is 25. I'm going to change my own, my own to 25. And then we're going to see that the adjusted own now increases to 34%, right? So um, this is, this is, this ownership is an input into the adjusted ownership formula here. And then if I go back, uh, what I can see, probably Rafael Devers has a 30.84 adjusted ownership, a increase to Acuna's. Okay, I didn't move him there. Let's try higher. Let's try higher. Interesting that it's not moving Devers, but it is moving other players. So if I look at Masataka Yoshida at 27.2 adjusted ownership, when I increase Ronald Acuna's my own to 30%, Yoshida goes from 27.2 to 27.05. So small adjustments, but ultimately it does have an effect on the entire uh, posi positional basis. Oh, that's why. So this is handled on a position by position basis. So um, outfielders will affect outfielders. Shortstops will affect shortstops. So that's why Devers was not moving because Devers is a third baseman and Acuna is an outfielder there. So this is handled on a position by position basis. All right. And then first question here was, hey, would it be best practice on large 20 max slates to adjust sliders to get more contrarian or use the mini uniques to get more contrarian in the large field 20 max contest? Okay. So good question here. So let's say that I am building for a 20 max uh, over 50,000 entrants, right? So at, at, at these sliders here, the correlation is nine. Sim diversity is nine. I would probably never use sim diversity 10 for large MLB classic slates. Uh, we talk about this, you know, pretty frequently, but, but at sim diversity 10, you're taking a single game sim from each game on the slate and then creating one entire slate simulation and then building the highest scoring lineup from that simulate from that slate simulation, and then using that as your lineup. Um, the the bad thing about that is that you know in in baseball we are not trying to find the optimal lineup. We would we would call that you know trying to find an optimal lineup for a slate simulation here. We don't need that for baseball, right? We just need the winning lineup, and that is why stacking is so important, right? Um, you know the winning the the optimal lineup is going to be a bunch of one offs, maybe a two stack, maybe a three stack, right? But but in general, um, you're never going to find that score. You're never going to need that score to win. So that's why it's better to just take advantage of these high run scoring environments, get those core, get that correlation stacked on top of each other with the batters here, and just build the winning lineup, right? So um, little little nuance between optimal and winning lineup there. Uh, so. Sim diversity nine helps you do that a little bit because we are taking small groups of sims, right? We might take five sims of each game, run a slate simulation, and then if if a random player, you know, random eight hitter has a two home run game, 
in one of the sims well he still has to perform in the other four sims to have enough fantasy points on average across those five sims to get into your lineup right so that helps to to uh, curate some of those one-off kind of random scenarios where player might do really good but but aside from that you know one game sim they don't do very good uh across other sims here so that can really help you to kind of weed out those players so that's why i like sim diversity nine here so if your sim diversity is less than nine and you want to be more contrarian i would increase it i think that is a fine option here another thing that you can do is mess around with your saber score here so let's say you're playing a 20 max and maybe it's 10 to 50k entrance which is pretty normal the negative weight on average adjusted ownership is negative 0.6 here if you increase to the 50K plus entries, the negative weight goes up to negative 0.7 here. So small increase there. Uh, if you were on the pro plan, you could create a custom metric here where you basically recreate the Sabre score formula and then increase this weight to, until the lineups look like what you want them to look like, right? So that's another option here. Um, Mini Neeks is, is, is very good for decreasing the amount of correlation between your lineups. But I wouldn't say that mini neeks helps you get more contrarian. So I just want to be clear, like kind of on that point. So what mini neeks is doing is saying, hey, within these 20 lineups, there are 10 players per lineup at a mini neek of one. That means that I cannot have two lineups that are exactly the same. Each lineup must have at least one player different than every other lineup in this set of 20. Well, as you increase this, now what you're telling the builder at a mini neeks of five is like, hey, look at all 20 lineups here. If any of the lineups has more than five players the same, remove that lineup and fill it with a lineup that doesn't have more than five players the same. So then now, if I look at my last lineup, my last lineup was number 62. So in my in my top 62 lineups, there are 20 lineups that have five players different from every other lineup there. So um, it's, it's, it's actually like a very big calculation to, to check that for one lineup against 19 and then the other against 19, other against 19, uh, however, however that works out right mathematically here. But, um, but that is basically what mini uniques is doing, right? So it is decreasing the correlation between the lineups that you are playing in your contest. And the reason that is good is because at, at you know, a mini uniques of one, if we go back to one here, you're going to get a lot of, I would call it, um, What's the right word for it? It's not it's not hoarding, but it's a lot of um, clustering. I think clustering is the right word. So so we just really like the Braves here, right? 65% Braves. Our next highest stack is 35%. So you're just getting a lot of Braves, right? And um, the builder had just identified them as a very good play for this slate here. And then as we increase our min uniques, you know, our top batter exposure was 80%. And then now our top exposure here is, let me make sure I said that right. So our top batter exposure was 65%, which was Ozzy Albies. And then now at mini Neeks of five, our top batter exposure goes down to 35%, which is Ronald Acuna. Albies actually been down to 35% as well. So he goes from 65 to 35 here. So what you're doing is, is you are spreading out uh, your exposures and basically saying, hey, you know, if 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 I play the Braves out of meaning of one, a lot of my lineups are probably living and dying by the Braves, right? So the Braves do bad, 
that probably sinks my entire night. But if I increase my minion eats, even if the Braves have a bad game, I have enough lineups that do not have those exact players where I can still have some shots to take down a contest. And then what you're going to see, like if you actually open up the DraftKings app, like on your phone, what you're going to see is that, you know, your lineups are not going to be clustered in your contest. So you can pull up your contest, your live contest menu. And then if your lineups are, you know, very, very tight to each other, right? You probably don't have that many mini uniques, but when you increase your mini uniques, what you're going to see is your lineups are actually going to be more spread out across your contest. You're not going to have that clustering. You're going to have some lineups maybe at the bottom, some lineups maybe at like the 50th percentile, and then some lineups across the cash line. And then hopefully, you know, one of those lineups can ultimately help you win your contest, right? So you can like, you can like visually see that um, on the app, which I think is super cool. But uh, those are some ways that I would you know, think about implementing if you are trying to get more contrarian. Also, you know, just, just one other thing here, um, baseball, you can build so many lineups and you can also build so many good lineups as well. Like the, the amount of available lineups is, is far into the millions. I'm almost positive here. Um, and, and you're just so unlikely to be duplicated in an MLB contest that what I tell people is like, Hey, I don't worry about duplication until duplication, you know, smacks me in the face. Like if I win a contest and I'm duped 20 times, like, okay, you know, maybe it's time to start taking into taking duplication into account in this specific contest type here. Uh, but, but even with like the most owned lineups here, so if I were to look at like uh sort by ownership here, and I'm going from highest sum owned lineups to lowest, you know, it, it, it really could be like just some of these, stack constructions right we have this one three four six eight stack uh we have a two six nine stack of the yankees here and and you know it just might be some of those constructions you just might need a couple loan plays to help you be different enough to to win your contest right so christian javier nine percent pitcher ben uh wrote that at 7% nine hole Yankees batter, but, but this two, six, nine stack looks really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for unique or, or unconventional here. And then to go along with the Boston five stack, right? So, so I think in baseball specifically, you might not need to be as contrarian as you think here. And just remember that, you know, our saber scores come from contest back testing, right? We are back testing contests and figuring out, you know, what variables are important, what, uh, you know, significance these variables have. And then we are wait, waiting those appropriately, trying to help you get to the best lineups possible that, you know, if we were to play this slate out a hundred thousand times, these lineups would win the most money on average. And, and that is what we are trying to uh, do with Saber score here. So, so that is what Saber score does. I think Saber score is a great metric in general here. And I would feel comfortable using it. And, and uh, you know, you can look at some of these lineup dynamics and help you get a sense of, you know, what is too much chalk? What is, what is just enough chalk, et cetera. Right. So I think, um, you know, doing that is, is good practice. Samuel said, are more lineups really better, especially with the way mini Neeks works with Saber Sim. So, so I think there's a balance here, right? And I think the balance can be most exemplified by the DFS profit plan. So in our DFS profit plan, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's on our YouTube channel. You can find it on our homepage. There is a section called new here, start here first. And then it says uh, start winning more with the DFS profit plan. So 
on the homepage. It's a 17 minute video here. If you guys aren't familiar with it, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, it is our contest selection framework that we created after lots and lots of back testing here, which, uh, you know, we're back testing our sliders, we're back testing, you know, other things as well. We are doing a lot of work behind the scenes uh, for you guys, right? Trying to help you guys win as much as possible, right? And one of the things that we got from that is that, hey, you should be, um, your nightly bankroll allocations to be somewhere between 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll. And then within that 2.5 to 5%, you should have 25 to 50% of your action in single entries and three maxes, and then 50 to 75% of your action in 20 max and 150 max, right? So the DFS private plan does not say, hey, go take all of your nightly bankroll allocation and play 100% of it in 20 max and 150 max contest, trying to get as many lineups down as possible. That is not what it says. Um, the reason for that is because those 20 max, 150 max contests are usually larger field, right? So let's say that you are playing a 20 max contest with, um, actually, you know what? Let's use, let's use the piggy bank. I think it's called, called the piggy bank on, um, FanDuel. I know it's called that for, uh, some, some other sport, maybe football, but it's their five cent 150 max contest here. So there's usually about 160 to 190,000 entries in that contest. We're just going to round down. We're going to say that there is 150,000 entries in this 150 max contest. So then if you were to take 150,000, divide that by 150, then your, your raw odds of winning that contest are one are one in a thousand, right? Uh, average player is going to win that one out of a thousand times. Well, let's say that you are twice as good as, as everybody else in your contest, right? So then now the odds that you're going to win is, is one in 500. So you still have to play 500 slates to, to realize that, right? And you're obviously hoping to realize that sooner than your expectation, but but that's still a lot of slates, right? 500 slates is is um, is plenty here. I don't even know if you. I'm, I mean, I'm positive you don't get that many in an MLB season, right? So, uh, so that's that's one way to think about it. But if you're playing a single entry contest, you know, FanDuel runs these um, smaller field single entry contests where it's like maybe uh, 400 entries or something like that. I think like their their uh, five dollar is is somewhere along those lines. Well. If there's only 400 entries in that contest and you are twice as good in the field as the field, now you know your expectation is one in 200 times, right? So the reason for this balance is to help you to get enough money back on a nightly basis or to win more often to smooth out the variance, right? You the 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 20 max and the 150 max contests are usually the bigger prizes, and those are the ones that are going to help you shoot up your bankroll here. But you need to, you know, last long enough to, to win those contests, right? So mixing in the single entries and three maxes, smaller field, smaller price to first, but 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 you know, still good prizes to first. Those are going to help you uh, with the swings of those large field contests and help you, you know, maintain your bankroll to to ultimately get to the point and not go broke before you win that contest, right? So that's why there's a balance. That's why I don't think you know, more lineups are better. I don't think that uh, I agree with that term just right off the bat, just because of what we've discovered in our contest back testing here of what a, uh, what a good mix of contests on a nightly basis looks like. So really good question, but that is my opinion on the topic. All right. Uh, we are all caught up with questions at the moment here in both the office hours channel and the YouTube chat. 
So if you guys have any last questions, get those in now. But in the meantime, just want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, would highly recommend taking advantage of our partnership with them. We were the first major optimizer to support contests on Owner's Box at the beginning of the MLB DFS season here. It's been a great partnership to date. Uh, a lot of their contests overlay. You can find reduced rake find no rake you can find full overlay uh which is when the contest doesn't fill to the point where they are essentially paying you to play your five dollar entry is worth more than that five dollars by the time the contest starts here so the competition is generally going to be softer than what you can find on DraftKings, FanDuel, or yahoo here and then if you use promo code saber or saber same when you sign up one, you will get up to a $500 deposit bonus. And two, we will track your entry fees for you and you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on the site and nothing else. So each time you hit one of our entry fee tiers here, our team will reach out to you, let you know you have earned a free month of SaberSim. And then once you cash in on that free month, your tracking goes back to zero. You automatically start earning towards your next free month. And there is no limit on the amount of free months you can earn while this promotion lasts. Uh, Ryan said late swapping for, for NFL on owner's box has me excited. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing their contest offerings and uh, I'm sure there'll be more information as the NFL season inches closer and closer here, but looks like we are all set for today. Everybody great show. Uh, if you guys have questions throughout the day, building lineups, drop it in the office hours channel, drop it in the YouTube chat for the upcoming streams gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show here really helps me out uh, before we get out of here question from Cheston said, how do you upload the CSV from owner's box to SaberSim?" So you, you, you can do it the same way that you do on, um, on DraftKings here. So we have a, uh, you know, hyperlink that does that for you. So if you guys are looking for that sign up page, by the way, it's in the description of this YouTube video here. And then in the SaberSim app, if you go over to owner's box, you go over to entries here. Just make sure you're on the right slate. So it's defaulting to like a three-game slate. If you go over to the main slate here, nine gamer, we have this on the entries tab, download template file from owner's box. Um, hyperlink here, similar to the way we have for DraftKings and FanDuel here. So if you sign up for entries on owner's box, come back to the Saberson app, use this link, and then it will download it for you. And then you just drag and drop into this field, and then you will be all set. But... All right, everybody, I'm going to get out of here. Take care. Good luck in your contests. I will see you all tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, as always. Bye.